We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Pete, joined as always by Darius and Mike. And the Lakers just completed a pretty disappointing 1-3 and road trip after falling to the Washington Wizards. Got their butts pretty kicked uh, in, in that game. And... We're on the eve, or we're close to, I, I don't have any news to report, and I know Mike does not either, but uh, according to reports, we may be close to LeBron coming back. And I think this is a good time for us to take stock of where the Lakers are as LeBron comes back into the fold. These games recently have been particularly striking to me because they're such low intensity, right? There's so much about them that that screams to me that this is not our our best right in terms of effort and even ad after the game spoke to the idea that they need to start playing with the sense of desperation and the fact that they're they're not at this point right is starting to raise some alarms and red flags for me that said i do think that we're in a bit of a period of time right before we really ramp up for better or for worse right we can argue the merits of whether or not they should have been starting this before but i've seen since ad's come back in particular a a general exhale from the team where they are they've got you know they've got a superstar back in the lineup these complaints about the team not playing particularly hard they were not all that prevalent while AD was out, right? This has been more over the last few games. And Mike, I'm I'm curious if if you see this too, this kind of general malaise and and not really not really going after it, especially on the defensive end, right? That's such a hallmark of what this team is. And 
what you think the what you think the causes of it are and what how do you think we get out of it? Yeah, I think it's a very simple cause, Pete, and a very simple answer. And I do think it's something that they'll get out of. And you hit on it from the top. It's all about Anthony Davis. And Davis has been using these games essentially as a preseason to get himself in rhythm, to get himself in shape, to get himself just going. And since he's Anthony Davis, I think his teammates have looked at him thinking, okay, he's back. The defense is fixed. He's back. Okay, everything's fine on offense. And we can kind of go back to being the role players that we typically are. Whereas since AD is not fully up to speed yet, and especially because LeBron's not there, that formula doesn't work. Uh, It worked against a bad Orlando team, at least enough to get a win. But it didn't work against uh, what's really a good Wizards team right now. They've been good. They've been legitimately good for about a month now. And anybody that's good that you're not playing at that level at is, is going to be a difficult evening. I think the solution, though, to that is that Davis finally started to click in in that fourth quarter especially. I thought it helped that they finally got him into the center spot. And that allowed him to be the guy that was able to get a rhythm and have the players around him that were cutting and moving and uh, playing a little bit quicker. So all of that stuff, I think, helped kick him into gear a little bit. And that is like I'm under no illusions that Anthony Davis isn't going to be able to step it up. He is. He's just not he's not mentally completely over that hump yet. And I don't even know if he should be. But is he going to be by the next couple of weeks? I think so. And I think that that basically fixes what ails the Lakers on top of the fact that LeBron's coming back. Uh, Darius, I don't know if from the title of the last pod and then going into that game, if you are on that same page uh, as me, I won't presume to know exactly what you're thinking, but I'm guessing you're, uh, you're slightly more concerned than I am, at least. You use the word, I think he will be, in referencing AD's um, sort of progression towards Competing harder, I think, is like a nice umbrella term. Um, I would say I hope rather than I think, because I hope that's the case at this point. AD has a ton of history of being a guy who does elevate his play in the playoffs. He he did not get to the playoffs as much as I think he would have liked in New Orleans. And I think that's one of the reasons why he's a member of the Lakers now. But when he did get to the playoffs in New Orleans, he ramped up his play. And we saw that last year with the Lakers. So I hope that trend continues as the Lakers get into the playoffs this season. Where my concern is more with AD is that he's basically been playing with about this level of urgency all season. He would have a game every two or three or four or five games sometimes where it was just like, okay, like time it's time to reassert myself. I'm Anthony Davis and I'm going to have a big night. And he would right? like, Oh, look at AD 30 points and 14 rebounds and a couple of blocks there was that he had a stretch of games that were sort of like that actually after that early season malaise but but then he settled back in to sort of being a guy who looked not quite as in shape not quite as bouncy not quite as Anthony Davis and the there's there's context and there's and there's excuses right and I think that AD sort of waxing and waning play, there's been context 
to that all year, right? And and Mike, I think you've been especially astute at pointing out that context over the course of the season right here on this podcast, right? From the short turnaround to no fans to um, remember AD was banged up in the finals last year too. And, and, and he was banged up a fair amount last season and sort of the agreement that he seemed to have with LeBron was I'm going to push through that stuff. And this season I felt like, um, not that he hasn't tried to push through because I think that he has, but the same level just hasn't been there. And, and like I said, I think there's been context to that and there's context to his level of play right now, right? Like he's just coming back from an injury. I'm happy to preach patience with him. The, the thing that I'm more concerned about is the point, Mike, that you brought, brought up about like, and, and Pete, you, you mentioned this too, is the general exhale of his teammates. Right. And this idea of, oh, well, if we called LeBron dad a couple of podcasts ago. Right. And so I don't want to call A.D. mom. Right. But let's say A.D. He's and, big brother. He's big yeah, brother. But, but yeah. let's just say like like A.D. and LeBron are the parents of this team, like when they're on the court. Right. There is a certain amount of. All right. Well, they are going to follow his lead. And. I'll be very interested to see how the, how that dynamic changes when LeBron comes comes back. Um, Pete, AD has been very good at sort of calling himself out this season. This isn't the first, and he didn't do it after this game, but he did sort of speak generally about the team and and desperation. And he's normally bounced back after he's sort of zeroed in on the idea of what needs to to happen. Are you? In a level of like convinced, right? Like how convinced are you that if he does have a good game next game or even a couple of good games, do you think that that's to stay? How convinced are you that that would be something that was more that had more staying power or 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 do you think that there's going to be a bit of fluctuation because that's been more of the pattern this year from my perspective? Yeah, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. I, I'm more convinced that it's on his mind and it's a point of emphasis for him, whereas I don't believe that was the case earlier in the season. Um, you're you're absolutely right that there's a fine line between context and excuses. If I can give a bit of context that probably borders on excuses for AD earlier in the, in the year was he was not in great shape. He was, it, it's interesting to con contrast him to LeBron, right? Where LeBron was a monster to start off the season. And if anybody has on paper excuses, valid excuses to not be their very best at the beginning of the season. It's the 36-year-old in his 17th or 18th season rather than the 27-year-old, right? But that's not how it's actually played out. AD at the beginning of the season was much slower, and I don't think that there was that sense of urgency in that, oh, I need to get there soon, that I think is there now, right? And so will he get there that's, I mean, I, I wish I knew. I, do, I don't know. But I do think that it's on his mind now in a way and, and a part of his approach. And if if nothing else encouraging came from this trip is he did start to show more and more and that culminating in that fourth quarter. Now, when a team is up by 
double digits in the in a fourth quarter they can have a bit of a letdown themselves but dominating any point of the game he had 14 points in that quarter and at, at the five as mike said he look is looking more and more like himself my bigger concern really is on can he get there i think that it's on his mind but the the physical ramp up because mike the the if we could take this on the court in order for drummond and ad to work particularly well together ad has to be fast that needs to be the part of ad that he needs to tap into right is that if he's playing the five spot he is fast right like he is naturally faster than the guys across from him but at the four position that's not necessarily the case he has to be very like his spatial awareness has been off since he's returned and i think that that's part of the reacclimation right there for all of this there's context and or excuses right but none of it is so far gone where it's like ah that's you're just looking for something I, i think that's fair that after missing 30 games four games into it you're a little slow on your rotations you're not quite getting out uh you know don't quite have your footwork down you're not as precise but for this version and this construct of the team that is precisely what he needs to be good at and so within the context of his mentality and his approach how does that how does that impact the actual on court product like what is the difference between this ad that we see now and the one that we may see in 2 weeks there is a huge difference between the player that we've seen and the player that we will see and there's even a huge difference in the player that we saw in the fourth quarter and the player that we saw in the first three and a half games and he finally you know i don't know if part of it was when he got kind of knocked in the mouth by Hachimura and you know that it's just he there's <laughs> a, you know he was he's just been he's been waiting to get to the point where he trusts his leg I think that's part of it and he hasn't felt any pain that's been great physically he's been moving pretty well uh, now he's got four games in you know I don't know what the mental hurdle that he had but I expect that it would have been at least this much um, just knowing AD and being worried about the big picture and wanting to make sure that he can stay in the court But all you have to do, guys, is look at his defensive rating um, since he's been back. And it's terrible, right? Like, And so for Anthony Davis, when in his career has he ever had a terrible net defensive rating? It just just doesn't happen. If I could just hop in real quick, the the tape is just as bad. Like, it's not just uh, some outside context. And in those lineups, he's been the big issue in a lot of them. Right. And so and so, so we the, the three of us have both watched the games and checked out the numbers. But if you if you haven't had a chance to watch all of the games in detail, and I know that not everybody does in the regular season. So AD's uh, defensive rating just for let, let's see, for the last um, I think it was like around I think it's around 118 for <laughs> the last in here. I'm just I'm just double checking that right now. So. All right. Yeah. So one. OK, I, I lied. It's one twenty one point nine. That's Anthony Davis. This is the best defensive player in the league. And what does that tell you? Did AD forget how to play defense? No. (laughs) Right. Okay. Was it the teams that they were playing against that were were all the 2018-19 Warriors uh, before injury? Like, no. So that's the thing that's going to change. Montrose Harrell's defensive rating is also bad at that time. In fact, he's the only one below. That's a bit more of a concern, right? Because we've seen that happen with Trez in the past. Although I did think he played much better um, the last couple of games. But like AD and the defense is where all of this sits. And I think part of that is just related to his mindset 
coming back, how he, he knows, I think he knows that he can step it up defensively. And the fact that he hasn't yet, I think is more of a physical mental thing. What he wasn't completely convinced of, I think was that his jump shot was going to return to rhythm, that his offensive movement was going to return to that same fact. So I think he's emphasized that a bit more. He's echoed some of that in his post game. And I'm, I'm just betting on Anthony Davis being able to become Anthony Davis rather quickly. I'm not going to bet against it. I think that kind of proves to the point of, I don't want it. It sounds almost like optimism guys. I think it's more just realism. It's I'm realistically betting on LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And and that's my position at the moment. I'm, I think those are, those are fair, fair points. And it's, it's complicated to me just because these players are like when we talk about LeBron and AD, they're so good. They're just so good. And it really was not that long ago. What? Eight months, seven months ago that we saw these guys dominate at the highest level of the league. Right. And, and that sort of recency they talk about recency bias, right? But the it's not like that came out of nowhere. They're LeBron James and Anthony Davis, right? They've been pillars of the league pretty much from the second that they were drafted, number one overall. Doubting them, like doubt them at your own peril, right? And and so there is a part of me that truly believes exactly what you're saying, Mike. There's and I went into this last last pod, so I won't lament the points again but there's also a part of me that is just like the circumstances are just different they're harder and and the context in which we're asking these players to be that level has changed so much that to that while I understand betting on those guys it's like it's like they say craps at the casino has like the best odds. Right. And like the worst odds are like at the slots or, or like roulette or something. Right. And, and, and so there's, or if you're just going to keep, keep at the craps, it's like betting on six and eight, right. Which are going to be likely numbers as, as outcomes versus betting on like two and 12. Right. Like there's there's a variance and there's a range here. And I'm more than happy to bet on two of the best players in the league. What I'm not as happy to do is say, yeah, considering all of the context in this season and and what I think is a much bigger ask of these guys to get to the level in which they'll need to be at. That's a different thing this year. And so when you ask about like. When you lead me in, Mike, and say, I'm like, I'm, I can imagine that you're more, more concerned. That's sort of where my concern is. It's, it's that there's just a lot going on here. And, and it's, it's threading, it's threading a smaller needle this time than what it was last season or what we've seen from these guys in previous seasons because of all the context that you've laid out pretty much for, for this entire year. The thing, what I was thinking about in that last, uh, when you just were laying that out there, yes, some of, I think, what has happened to this Lakers team because of LeBron and AD being out means that they have to do a little bit less when they come back. 
at least so that and that's where I'm thinking about Dennis Schroeder. That's where I'm thinking about Kuzma stepping up. It's where I'm thinking about KCP kind of getting back uh, to what he is. It's where I'm thinking about Caruso before the back strain, even THT, the progress that he's made. Uh, then there are some flip sides to that. And that's that's about the cohesion. That's about the integration of Drummond. That's about Markeith Morris's shooting slump since he hurt his ankle, um, which has been completely unexpected. I mean, I think he's missed 21 straight threes. You know, mm-hmm. so there are some things like that. And the, the Trez Gasol thing. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Who's going to play when, how much they're going to go small. So there are definitely things on that side of the ledger. But I also think that in asking for AD and LeBron to be at their ultimate peak like they were in the playoffs, I don't know if they have to be that right away for the Lakers to look completely different than what they look like these this last week and change. Yeah, I let's take a quick break. And I, I actually want to present a bit of a case for optimism that's right along those lines. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win daily Instant Karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma Money has already given away over $3 million in Instant Karma to 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll be automatically entered to win $1 million. Credit Karma Money. Progress starts here. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com backslash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated, member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. So, again, we can debate the merits of the wisdom of whether or not they should take this approach. But I, I very much believe that we have not fully engaged, right, that this is not the 
decided that this is going to be go time. In fact, I think that when LeBron comes back is a very clear demarcation point for when they will attempt that. Now, I have my theories on the pitfalls of of doing that, but I do think that LeBron coming back represents a, okay, it's time to move forward. I want to just talk about the season in a long view and from the perspective of the role players. We start out the season, right? We're kind of in win collection mode. We're just getting back from that quick turnaround. We have one of the best records in the league, and then Anthony Davis gets hurt. And it takes us a few games. What what coincides with that is Dan Schroeder goes out for health and safety protocols. We lose, I think, four in a row. And we have to learn how to play a certain way without AD. But by the time LeBron goes down, before then, I think we were on a four-game winning streak, and we had really, we were looking good. Then LeBron gets hurt, and then that completely changes the calculus of how you have to play and what everybody has to do. I think Markeith Morris, for example, struggling right now, I don't think that's a coincidence at all because he was one of the people, when when both LeBron and AD go down, a bunch of guys on this team are capable of doing more. Kyle Kuzma can get you 25 on any given night, right? Keith is a really skilled mid-post scorer. He's one of those guys that you can throw the ball to and say, hey, go get us a bucket. And he did that for us on on a road trip that was and, and during a period of time without both LeBron and AD that I think by and large we were satisfied with the way the team performed in with those two two guys gone. That also in the over the course of a marathon, that was a, a point where external circumstances forced certain players to raise their game, to step their game up. But that is not sustainable over the course of a full 72-game season and into the playoffs, and that there are ebbs and flows to any particular season. And so I think that a guy like Keith absorbing more of that responsibility, especially on that road trip, struggling immediately after, immediately when Anthony Davis comes back, immediately when he goes back to the bench, which is another part of this, is I don't think that's a coincidence. Secondly, I see this mentality of keeping everybody engaged and on the floor in a way that like there's no way that Vogel, Darius, there's no way that he doesn't know that that lineup is bad. This game against Washington the other day, it started out well. We, we, we started that game out well, but it went south in the same point that the Orlando game did, which is when we've got THT, Ben McLemore, Montrez Harrell, Markeith Morris, and then Dennis Schroeder usually is the fifth guy, right? But those first four guys, as I said in the last, last pod, those are our four weakest defenders. I, I I struggle to believe that Frank Vogel doesn't know that and isn't clearly aware of that. And then with Alex Caruso being out, right, there, it wasn't, oh, we're just going to put West back in the rotation to fill that spot and keep everybody at their, their normal minutes. It's like, no, we're going to get a bunch of minutes for Ben McLemore now. And all of this speaks to me to the idea that we are in a preparation period that I think is intended to have that benefit of everybody has done more throughout this season and has absorbed more responsibilities. So as LeBron and AD are ramping up, they're doing so alongside players that are capable and that have absorbed these responsibilities to a greater degree than they will need to once LeBron and AD come back. I've got more to say, but I'm just curious on, on your, this is a, a point where I don't think we necessarily agree. Um, but I think that 
that we are in this preparation period right now where we just simply haven't engaged for better or for worse. They just haven't done it. I think it's for worse. So I don't think it's for better. How could it be for better that for health for one? Right. And for to have everybody physically ready for the playoffs. Honestly, I think that that's the overriding thought process is that let's sure. get everybody every time, pretty much every time, except for Dennis, because he's a, a crazy guy in the best way. Whenever somebody's <laughs> questionable lately, they miss the game. Right. There's nobody playing through injuries right now. It's, sure. Hey, you get a night off. You get a night off. I really think that that's the mentality of this team is that we need to physically be OK. And I think they, they're they willing to trade continuity for that. I don't know if that's the right exchange. I don't know if they've gone too far in that direction. But everything about how they've approached this speaks to me that they are looking to be physically OK for the playoffs. No, look, being physically OK for for the playoffs, that's definitely a great plan. I'm all for that. Because without health, this team has no chance. People can debate the phrase, you know, the best ability is availability. Um, I've heard people push back on that. Like, no, the best ability is actually ability, right? Because, (laughs) because, look, I'm available to come out and give you 20, 25 (laughs) minutes at at point guard. I may not get back on defense at all, right? Because I'm tired. I I won't be able to box out a guy who's even six foot two. Hold on, right? hold on. You're tight. Ty- isn't that why you run, Darius? What do you mean Look, you're tired? For somebody, I'm, for somebody with all these high standards of what you expect the Lakers to be day in and day out, you can't even get your ass back on defense, bro. Yeah, you notice maybe he didn't, he didn't go anything about maybe, skill. It was yeah. all effort stuff. He didn't go to. Oh, I'm not going to be able to make your hey, open jumpers. Bro, He's like, I'm not running back on defense. I may make I'm not some. Excuse, I may kind of make some big picture <laughs> understanding explanations, but I'll, I'm getting back on defense. I'll tell you that. So how about this? I may not go up on offense. Right. So I'll stay back on defense. It's there you go. Right? Like, That's I, will, how you do it. I, I will be the guy who is trying to break up two on one fast breaks, Derek Fisher style. Right. Or Just give me Alex effort. Caruso Just give me style. effort. That's yes, all I'm saying. Yes, yes. I will box out, but I will probably draw hooking fouls. How about that? Right. Um, now I'm now I'm so off kilter. I have no idea where we were going, but go ahead. No, 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 no. I was going to try and help help get you back on track. You were talking about um, how the the best availability being best ability being availability. Yes. And so when we talk about health, yes, that's super important. And I would not begrudge an approach that is tilted towards health. Right. It's it's tricky, though. And this isn't a vacuum. This isn't like, all right, everyone just be as healthy as you can. And then when you get to the playoffs, magically, we can flip a switch and everything is better. There are all of these factors that go into playing winning basketball. And so much of it is is actually the melding of skills and how the puzzle pieces fit together and there is a togetherness and there is an ability to sort of bring it all together as a group in order to ramp up at the same time. But how long does a team like this need, right? They're the defending champs. And you're right that this is not entirely the same team. Go ahead, Mike. Let's just remember that if anybody understands the timing of an NBA right, season, right. it's LeBron James. Look, and look. he happened to get injured. If LeBron didn't have, if Solomon Hill hadn't I, have crashed recklessly into his leg, the Lakers may be oh, the one seed right now. <laughs> I, I I get that point. The point is, though, is that 
LeBron's also been thrown off track. He did get injured. 100%. There's a presumption with him of immortality where, like, we think that he's going to be great right as he comes back in at this point of his career after a, a major ankle injury, which I don't think he's had, right? And then we just kind of assume that that's the case, and that might not be true. LeBron, so... LeBron became a no. <laughs> LeBron became a meme his first year with the Lakers, and he became a meme the second that he said, "It's go time. I'm in playoff mode now. You're about to see LeBron mm-hmm. James." What happened? He came back off of a really bad growing pull, mm-hmm. right? And he. LeBron has now missed the longest stretch of consecutive games he has ever missed in his entire career. Missed more than when he pulled his groin back Mm -hmm. in his first season with the Lakers. Now, the context of that team was totally different as well. Bunch of young guys, and then Lonzo got hurt, and then... The trade deadline stuff. There was Mm -hmm. trade deadline. There was a bunch of other factors that were contributing to sort of the mental state of the team and where they were at and whether or not LeBron had the horses with him, right, in order to push in the direction that he was going to. He, but the fact of the matter is, he he told us, I'm going to summon this level of play in order to propel this team and the team is to play and the team is to playoffs, right? Like that's not going to happen. I'm not arguing that that's going to happen this time. What I'm saying is, is that please, please, please. Can we not just take it for granted that this is going to happen for sure? And that there aren't other warning signs that are out there that are contributing to a certain amount of real and normal skepticism when it comes to the path that this team is currently on. They are in on on a five-lane freeway right now. They are in the second to the right lane. And they need to get to that HOV lane in about, you know, a week and a half. And, And it's tricky to me to just say like, okay, well, there's a bunch of cars out there and you've got to, you better start merging because it's time. I, so I don't want to do a 2018-19 season redux, certainly. No, me neither. But, me neither. But, you know, I have to at least push back slightly. So that was a groin injury. He came back after about a month, and the groin wasn't right. And his teammate, his starting lineup at the time was JaVale McGee, Reggie Bullock, you know, uh, Rondo, who was not really playing particularly well, Kuz, and Ingram was hurt, Lonzo was hurt. It was just like that. It was just a different thing. What we saw last year was that they, the entire league, uh, but basically had four months off uh, when the pandemic hit. And LeBron, none of these guys could play. None of these guys could really practice. None of these guys could really get up and down or play five on five. And they came back and the seeding games occurred and he looked like LeBron James. This year, after October 11th, they win, game, they win the finals in game six. They have two months off. LeBron comes back, two preseason games, one of them he plays the first half, and immediately looks like LeBron again. So that's – Darius, you're not – we can't – we definitely can't take it for granted 100% that he's going to come back and look like that again. But I'm at least – I feel better that it's the ankle and it's a it's a sprained ankle instead of a groin or a hamstring, as I've been saying on the pod recently, that he's going to be able to come get back to that. And I – to try to loop that thought into what I was getting at before with LeBron – 
it's take all take all of that out with the mental side of it, or sorry, with the physical side of it. I just think that he will be able to get the team mentally where they need to be quickly. And if the physical side of it isn't quite there for AD or LeBron, it will be after 10 games, you know, or whatever that. And I get that the playoffs can start even if he comes back. They only have 10 games left. But I, I, phys- I think physically that will come back. But mentally is where they need LeBron the most to direct them. And it's a bunch of vets. It's not that team from a couple of years ago uh, that, that he had to try to manage. So where the team is mentally is exactly where I'm focused right now. And let's further your analogy of being in the car and you got to get over to that HOV lane and you're that in that second car over. I had an ex where this was a common fight of ours is I would drive. And in a past life, I was a courier. And so I drove all day long and I can, I can zip around a little bit in a car and, uh, you know, know my way around a freeway, how to weave in and out of traffic and things like that. Right. To her, if I wasn't in that HOV lane a mile before it actually merged, it was like, and so that there was that period of time, like, you're going to get over, right? You're, you sure? You sure get, like, I swear to you, we will not miss our exit. All right. I'm just checking. And she'd check like three, four times to the point where I'd be like, ah, like, like, I got it. All right. And, and so that's kind of where we are, right. Is like, we're sitting in this car that LeBron James is driving and Anthony Davis are driving. And we're like, uh, you know, the, uh, the exit's coming up, right. <laughs> They're like, yeah, yeah, we know. Right. And, and that's what I mean by the general approach being so startling to me is because my internal clock is ticking for sure. I see all the things that, that that you see as well. I think the reason for them is that they're like sort of engaged and there's absolutely dangers and pitfalls to that. But Darius, isn't there some validity to the point that LeBron and AD and even beyond that, you're Phil Handys. That's what six six titles in a row. Uh, Jason Kidd has been to a bunch. There are so many people involved in the organization that have gone through the entirety of an NBA season. Maybe it's not quite like this one, right? And and so there's there's a point to be made there. But there's so many people that have carried it through to completion to the end of a season that. I am still in a point where I have the concerns and I'm going like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to get over soon. Right. But I'm also like, Hey, you know what? We've got the best driver in the world sure, at the wheel of this. And I, I give them a benefit of the doubt for when we can mentally get into that place that Mike is talking about of mentally getting us to that point where we are prepared to go into the, the playoff wars. Of course it's a valid perspective. Of course it is. And I think my, and I think I've been saying, right, for the last few pods that I think it's a totally reasonable outcome. And if I were betting, I would say, yeah, like that sounds super likely to be like, like that, right? My, I've seen a lot of Laker basketball. I've seen a lot of winning teams, championship teams. You know what team I thought of the other day? The 2011 Lakers. Mm. Mike, you were there. I remember the Lakers lost game one against the Mavericks. And there was a bit of, yeah, we didn't do the things that we were supposed to do. Right? We, we got to be sharper. We got to be more engaged. We got to execute better. There are some things 
right? And I remember game after game, Kobe got more and more defiant about what the team's prospects were in the series as they lost another game and another game and another game. And after the fourth game, where the Lakers got swept by the eventual champion, Dallas Mavericks, Kobe basically said, like, give the credit to the other team. The other team played better. The other team won. They executed better. They played harder. They played smarter. And that's how the series went, right? That team was a championship team. That team had been to three straight finals before that. And there's a wearing down and there's context to all of that too. And so I don't want to make apples to apples comparisons where you cannot make apples to apples comparisons, right? My point is, is that all of the context of that season, right? Phil Jackson's last year and, and all of this stuff, those are, those are factors that can drag you down, right? Mm -hmm. And make you more mortal, than yes. what the talent on the paper says yes. that you should should be. And, and that happened of, this year. Yeah. And all of the experience and all of the guile and and all of the like we're the champions, right? Clench fists, like I'm in the middle of the ring. I, I hold the belt. You're gonna mm -hmm. have to take it from me. Right. I'm with that mentality. I'm ready for this team to go out there and defend their championship. I really am because they have LeBron James, they have Anthony Davis, they have all of this talent. They've got all of that wisdom and smarts and and, and everything that you can have on on the bench. They've got thinkers, they've got great athletes, they've got it all. The context of this season is so far from ideal that yeah. if I were to yeah. go to you, Pete yeah. and Mike, if I were to go to you, Pete and Mike, and say, this is in December 20th, three days before the season is going to start. And I'm and I say, hey, Pete, Mike. So this season, the Lakers are going to finish fifth or sixth in the Western Conference. LeBron's going to miss 20 plus games consecutively because of a high ankle sprain. Anthony Davis is going to have an Achilles injury that's going to force him to miss 30 games in the middle of the season. The Lakers are going to sign Andre Drummond on the buyout market because they feel like they don't have enough at center. And they're going to pull Ben McLemore out of out of the waiver wire because they feel like they don't have enough shooting. Those guys are going to play either big or medium-sized roles night to night because the Lakers feel like the team that they assembled in preseason, the team that we think is the most talented team in the league, they need these dudes. And by the time the playoffs come, we think everyone is going to be healthy, but they their some of their main lineups would probably have have would would have played less than 200 minutes together all season the line i looked i looked at this the other day the lineup of that championship core lineup that we talk 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 about caruso right caruso kcp kuzma lebron and and ad they've played less than 10 minutes together as mm -hmm. as a unit all season right, right. And so, look, I'm not 
I'm not saying that some some like going down in flame scenario is is the likely thing. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying my eyes are open to that being a, a like at least a possibility, right? Because the things that I'm seeing out there are just like, oh well, yeah, this does concern me a little bit. Their level of engagement does concern me. And that exhale that you guys are talking about with Anthony Davis coming back, there's going to be another exhale when LeBron James comes comes back. And if the expectation is that he's going to mentally bring everyone together, I think that that could definitely happen. I could also think that there, I could also imagine that there's going to be a bit of like, oh, LeBron's back. We got this. And there's a little bit more of a half a step, full step back in, that you then have to make that up too. That's not to say they can't do it, but look, I'm just speaking from the perspective of these are human beings. It's not like, oh, we're sticking numbers into an equation and now like A plus B equals C. It's, it's, it's more complicated than that to hey, me. I hear you. And I am not guaranteeing that the Lakers will win the title. <laughs> okay. I, I am, I am not doing that. Um, I am, uh, all of your concerns are the valid concerns. I just think that winning the title is hard. And even the three of us could go through any of the teams in the league and make some similar points, right. Of concern. And one of my main points of concern would be, well, I really hope that LeBron and AD don't get fully healthy. You know, uh, if I'm, if I'm some other team, so all of that stuff, and, and even the points that you made going back to that 2011 series, Darius, I remember when the Lakers were down 3-0, and I was still kind of, t- you know, taking cues from Kobe to an extent, like, they can still do this. You know, if they just if they just win this one, and, they, and, you know, years later now we understand, like, the power of Dirk at that in the stretch four and how they had Bynum and Gasol, and it was the worst matchup, and Kobe's knee was bad, all of that stuff. But it was harder to see it at the time, and you're wise to point out the frailty um, of just expecting that everything is going to be fixed. And, and so I think that that is duly noted. It's been, it's been well covered by you and I'm, uh, I'm, I can't dispute any of it other than to say that we, even with all of that said, I still would rather be in the position of the Lakers than any other team. And that, and that's all, both those things can be true. And can I just say, I said it just a minute ago, I'm ready for this team, right? Like I, I'm ready for them, Pete. I, I want to see it because I know it is in them. And like you, Mike, I was I was fully on. I was in Kobe mindset mode too. Like, look, man, one more play, one more closeout, one more defensive stop, right? Establish the post, yada, 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 right? Like, I, I was there too back in 2011. So I'm ready for this team too. Like, like I want to drink... I don't want to call what you're serving up Kool-Aid, but I want to drink the Kool-Aid. I want to be right there with this team because I know how good they can be. And and I'm very interested in seeing what steps they take in order to get back there. And I would argue that they are actively in one of the steps. To me, there's a difference between what I think they should do and what I think they're trying to do. Right. And in my view and in in your view, it has been time for us to 
ramp up. But that has not been the reality of what we've seen on the floor, not just in terms of like, you guys need to play harder, right? Uh, but just the general approach to the game, to who's playing, to how tight is the rotation, how good is this defensive lineup, what are the pillars of who we are? There are so many of those boxes that aren't being checked right now, That and there's so much evidence that it's like, this is not a particularly prioritized point of the season right now. I think it should be, even before LeBron gets back. But there's enough evidence to where, despite it not being the way I would go about it, I think it's fair to evaluate it through their lens and try to consider why are they not prioritizing this? Why are they not tightening up the rotation? Why are they trotting out lineups with four with our four worst defenders? And to me, it does go back to something like the 2011 series. That 2011 team had been to three straight NBA finals. And I think part of the reason they lost that series is they got blitzed. They, In order to be a bigger team defending a perimeter-oriented team, we did not know this quite to that degree now in terms of how to go about it, but the principle was always true. We just weren't aware of it. In order to do that, you have to be able to cover the perimeter, and that takes effort and energy that is difficult for a big team that's had three finals runs in a row. I would wonder if you could give Kobe uh, and, and, and Phil, if you, could, if you could have heard their thoughts on that season, if they would have actually liked to have a little bit of a lull in that regular season beforehand where Kobe's knee isn't giving him as much issue, right? And where, where some of the things that Bynum had been dealing with and Powell, if Powell got two weeks off, right, or got a couple nights off here and there, DNPs just because he wasn't feeling great. Maybe that series goes a little bit differently. And the, the point that I'm making is, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, you're continuing your point just to add to accent it. This is the Markeith Morris argument uh, for this season. Exactly. The AD and LeBron month and change off uh, is actually a blessing in disguise. Like, I I really think that the the energy level is a real thing with these guys and with a group of guys who have just been asked to go through a stretch of 20-ish games or however long it was where you can't just kind of coast – through this portion of the season, you really have to be your very best version of Markeith Morris right now, because we need that right now. And he was able to access that for the most part. I, it, I don't think it's reasonable to expect, especially in the context of how quick the turnaround was, that he's going to be able to do that for most of the season. He even tweeted something the other day. Uh, someone was giving him a hard time about a shooting. He was like, I'm getting him out of the way right now, right? Which is obviously a, a positive <laughs> view of it. But there's also this very like, it's okay. Like, this is not the time to step the foot on the gas. And I think that that's the approach that the team has taken for better or for worse. And we've certainly debated that. That said, I do think that we're close to the, that point happening with LeBron coming back being the theoretical uh, demarcation of that. And we are going to discuss what that ramp up is going to look like and, our, and possible Western Conference opponents waiting for us at the end of that road on the next episode of the Laker Film and Podcast. James has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tip to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. Magic fires, it's good, and the Lakers win the game! The Lakers win the game! Three seconds left, that next to the winner, it's on the way, good! Kobe Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds, with his 
an NBA Finals record. A lot of Laker fans okay, sticking so around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Freddy pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the move. Two. Listen. Unbelievable. It's over. Shot clock now to five. Bryant. Yes. And that was a little tough to Alvin Gentry. Add insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic trying to disrupt Rondo. He puts it in. Here's Davis. 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-Month Emergency Food Kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com 